All right. So everyone, welcome to Moxie Whoops Caregivers 911 podcast. I haven't been on in so long, but I decided to relaunch the podcast April 1st. So today I have a special guest here with us today, Miss Greta Pointerella. She's an amazing pole dancer. And guess what? She's in her 70s, honey. That doesn't mean you have to stop moving when you're in your 70s. So, Miss Greta, tell us a little bit about you. Well, I started doing pole when I was 59. My sisters both came down with osteopenia, which is the beginning mm -hmm. of osteoporosis. So I knew that I had to do something. Even though I was in good shape, I wasn't having a, a program that had enough load bearing um, exercises. And so I looked online, okay, what can I do to strengthen my bones? And I found on YouTube, these amazing pole artists. And I said, this is art, this is acrobatics, it is dance, it is so beautiful. This is what I wanna do. Yes, I love it. I remember when I saw you on the Steve Harvey show and I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I said, Daddy, I met her before. <laughs> he, was, he was so much fun. He was so much fun. Yeah, that was great. They were probably super thrilled and surprised. Like, this lady is not, because at that time you were in your 60s, right? Yeah, that was a like Wow, time flies. <laughs> it sure does, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> So we already answered the question on how you got into pole dancing. How has pole dancing changed your life? It, pole dancing has changed my life in so many ways. Well, first of all, the camaraderie of the pole artists and the people all over the world that I have met, and some of them are pole artists. They just say, because of you, I'm now running five miles a day. Wow. And I've developed relationships with these people. And that's the most important thing. It's all about people and in some small way, trying to inspire them to not let age or any limitation keep them from going passionately after their dreams. So I agree. that's how it's really, it's enriched my life so much. It's the people that have been drawn, drawn to the message. And I just hope I can keep going. I hope to do it another 20 years. Oh, you are. We're going to make sure you do. We're going oh, to keep thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. So my next question, would you recommend other older adults to start pole dancing? I think that you could do pole at any age because there really is something for everybody. For some people, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. For some people, it's a little more uh, athletic, acrobatic. For some, it's total fitness. For some, it's just developing maybe uh, like the Russian, the Russian exotic, which is a little yes. bit femininity and sensuality. So there is something for everyone. I love it. All right. My next question. What are your favorite pole tricks? Do you have one favorite or is it many that you favor? I think probably one of my signature moves and it's doing a deadlift to do a handspring which means you go into this handspring without kicking and then you bring it down oh, to yeah. what's called an iron flag but I bend one knee so it's 
called a Passe Iron Flag. And I think that's kind of my signature trip. And I would say it's my favorite because I could use, use my strength moves to do things that um, I feel are a little bit more unique. Yes. And I can play with the different forms. I can move my legs into different shapes. So it really is kind of fun uh, to do that particular move. But it's, it's not easy. I have to keep constantly doing it or I'll lose it because it, it does take a lot of strength. And it seems like you have to engage like almost every muscle yes. you do. I was only to achieve, I only achieved the RNX about like three times because I haven't like consistently kept practicing it. And like, it does take a lot of, it takes balance, strength, coordination, all of that together. Yeah, it takes all of it. I agree with you hundred percent. If you don't keep ready, what they say, move it or lose it. If you don't practice it, it will it's disappear. <laughs> all right, my next question. What would 20 year old you, Say if twenty year old you knew that you were pole dancing in your seventies. I don't know. Well, what, okay, when I was about twenty, twenty one, um, I was doing gymnastics in school and college. Look, look, Sumi saw it. Was going. It's a real interview, y'all. The dog was <laughs> um, I was doing gymnastics when I was younger, and around that age. I went into a gym where they were doing gymnastics and I wanted to train. And I think I was actually probably about 22 because I was done with college. And I said, I was too old. The insurance wouldn't cover me. I was really kind of a liability. And to think that at 22, that I was a kind of a has-been in gymnastics and to think that 50 years later, that I could be doing the same kinds of acrobatics in a different way. I'm doing them on the pole now. Um, I, I don't know what I would have said to myself, but I just, I wouldn't have believed it because at that point I thought, okay, I'm too old. And then 50 years later, I'm not. So this is why I tell people, go after your dreams. Whatever yes. your passion is, keep becoming the very best you can become. And don't let anybody and you can't do it because everybody can do it at their own level. Uh-huh. Everybody has a path. Find that path. Find that magic that makes your soul sing and share with the world. It's so important. Now, since you just talked about, you know, 22-year-old 22 you, when they told you you was too old to do gymnastics, let's talk about the award you won in your 60s and 70s. Okay. <laughs> well, if you don't feel like going through all of them, it's okay. But the the most memorable ones. <laughs> well, I have eleven world championships in mostly in pole art, a few in pole sport. They're you know they're all memorable. I think <laughs> the first one's always kind of surreal because I remember getting on that plane going to London, thinking I must be out of my mind. Right. <laughs> I really thought that. I thought, I'm not qualified and to go to those, those championships where there's, there's hundreds of artists, I think there were at least 350 and to hear the Star Spangled Banner, it's just, you know, it, it really made my heart full. So that one, that one was pretty surreal, but I, I think the second most exciting one for me is after I had both of my hips replaced. They removed my provisions in early December 
Right. And in February, a few months later, I went to the world championship in Florence, Italy, and again, won another world championship. And that meant so much to me to think that I could come back because so often people go through surgeries or they go through things and they think, okay, I'm going to have to change my life. And it didn't change anything. I feel blessed to have a great surgeon. Yeah. I mean, that, mean, that meant a lot to me to have somebody that I could trust, that I knew was going to understand that I needed to get back very quickly. And I didn't <laughs> want to lose any flexibility. In no, fact, not I, at all. I gained flexibility. Oh, wow. You gained flexibility after well, your surgery? See, I gained it because my body had created bone spurs on my hips. Mm. And those spurs were like a stop. And so I couldn't quite get into a complete split. And it kept getting worse and worse to the point where, okay, I, besides the pain, that was the big reason I knew that I had to have it taken care of because it was just mm. progressing. And to the point where when I went to that championship, um, not the first one, but probably maybe anywhere from the fifth through the maybe the tenth ones or ninth, no, probably the ninth one. They took me to the airport into the down to the gate in a wheelchair. I could not walk that far. And then I go in there and we're, win world championships. And you say, How? Well, pole is a lot of upper body. Yes. And you don't have to be able to have. A lot of strength in your legs. You don't have to be able to have um, a ridiculous amount of flexibility. Yes, there are things that do take it, mm-hmm. but it has a it has a lot of different pathways that you can go. And so I found what worked for me, and I just built on it. Some things my body wouldn't let me do, but then other things it would. And so you celebrate and build on those little victories. And that's so important. A lot of us do not celebrate those small victories. We always wait for those big wins to come in. When you celebrate those small victories, you really appreciate those big wins. That's so right. Because I remember when I first tried Paul, I had one of those free coupons. And I went back home. I said, I bet she thinks I'll never be back. (laughs) Because it wasn't easy for me. But then all of a sudden you say, oh, I could actually climb up a little bit without slipping down to the floor or maybe a spin that you, all of a sudden you start to feel the momentum and it starts to come together. It all starts to be cohesive. So I just feel, I, I just feel so blessed that able to find something I could do at my age because there's so many things at my age you can't. People my age that can run marathons or tumble even. Mm-hmm. It's extremely difficult because you lose that fast twitch muscle, you lose the, the rebounding, the cartilage that you that you have. But pole is something that anybody can do at any age. We have very young kids doing it that are yeah. phenomenal. And then you have people like I am that are senior citizens. So it is, it is one of those sports that really accommodates all ages. And there's something for everybody. It definitely is. I love it so much. And I love when we go to Polcon and we get to see, you know, what's new. 
and what's going on in the community. We get to see kids performing, you know, we get to see the middle-aged group, we get to see older adults. It's And we all unite and come together and we have something special to share and we all can relate to one another. Isn't that wonderful? Like I said, it's, it's the people, it's the camaraderie. Yes. It's such a empowering, supportive group of people. And it's not an easy sport. No. So, you know, so it's not for sissies. No, it's nice. <laughs> you know, first, at first you get bruised. I mean, you don't anymore. And you go to do a shoulder mount. You think, oh, that didn't feel so good. Right. But it's amazing how you keep doing it pretty soon. Your body adjusts, you get used to it. And what was once seemed undoable becomes doable. I agree 100%. And it's so crazy. Like when you haven't tried, like if you haven't done a knee hold in forever and you try it again, it hurts so <laughs> bad. But you're like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah, your body adjusts. The body is an amazing thing. It is, definitely. My next question for you is, what is your daily fitness and nutrition nutritional regimen? Well... I, I try to do something every day, but I do allow my body to rest because I've been the victim of overtraining. Mm -hmm. I think we all have at times yeah. where you say, okay, I, I wanted to nail this move. So I did it way too many times and then you pay the price for it. So I have learned to kind of every other day, I would say I really work the pole in the days in between. I try to do choreography. Mm -hmm. Like I'll go through that and I'll say, how can I, leave more of my heart on the stage how can I bring the story to life and when we do these these international performances there's a lot to it because you have you have to create a video to frame it so the video kind of frames the story so you're you're trying to find a video that kind of makes the whole story gel and the music and then you're cutting the music what music would help bring my story to life and then you say how would this character move Mm -hmm. so that a move that you do in one routine with a different character is going to look different than the other depending on on the storyline and um, so that's what I do on my choreography I spend a lot of time really going through it. what kind of props do I need and then working with those props mm -hmm. because props, so. <laughs> that's a lot of work because you have to make sure if you do something with a prop that it comes together at the right moment the right time and it all fits the story so yes yeah that's that's another thing so I would say every other day I would I basically work out and nutritionally I eat pretty much a paleo diet um, which is everything is organic and natural as possible um fresh fish everything is that I eat is grass-fed like if I get eggs or free range, lots of vegetables. We have on our land here, we have our organic garden and we have organic fruit trees. And so um, I think we try to grow a certain amount of it when we can. But the rest of the time, you know, we go to farmer's markets and do everything we can to keep the inflammation down. That's why mm -hmm. I say That's so paleo. Like I don't, I really stay away from gluten mm -hmm. as much as possible. And um, I just want things that are life enhancing, things that really 
um, optimize the well-being of your body. So I've been into this for a long, long time, since in my 20s. So nice. it is just, it has just broadened a little bit. But I think it's so important. Inflammation is key. Mm-hmm. It's key. And keeping yourself the right weight, that's another thing that's really important because it really is hard on your body when you allow yourself to get overweight. I mean, it really is. And it's it's much harder to pull too. Mm-hmm. So I know women that, that were ballet dancers and they would say they would gain three pounds and all of a sudden their pirouettes weren't the same. Wow. That, it was that much difference on their knees and, you know, everything. It just didn't come together in the same way. So I really, I really encourage people to take care of their bodies. It's, it's so important. It's paramount. And inflammation is the lead to a lot of chronic diseases. It is. People don't realize that, you know, what we intake... You know, we don't, the root, I think a root to a lot of things is it comes from nutrition and, um, you know, what we put in our bodies, everything like the same time, like if your car says that it needs premium gas and you're putting regular in it, it's not going to run right. So we have to treat our body the same way. Exactly. And so I think that this is something our whole country could really look at a little bit more deeply and really Mm -hmm. look and say what am I taking into my body what kind of foods am I eating are we am I eating more live foods um I just think that there's there's too many people that their lives get busy you know and they stop at the fast food or whatever because it's easy and convenient but I think they need to look at the long-term benefits of really doing something that is more life enhancing and wholesome and more alive. It really, it makes such a difference. I mean, I, I am so blessed. I really can't remember the last time I've been sick. It's been a long, 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 long time. And I mean, it's a lot of it is diet, exercise. And then part of it is surrounding yourself with inspiring, empowering people. And when you're going after your dreams, you feel that passion inside of yourself um, it's life enhancing. Uh-huh. It's something that makes you want to get up out of bed in the morning. And that energy within you, all those endorphins, those hormones, they, they're healing. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. So I think all those things, people really have to use their gifts, find their gifts. Some people bury their gifts, mm-hmm. excavate, bring those gifts out. And putting your gifts in the cemetery is no good. It's no good. That's right. That's a good one. <laughs> so my next question for you is, what was the most memorable pole dancing moment that you experienced? Oh, you know, I do have one. It was in Pole Art Italy this year. It was earlier this year. And it was just that the audience was, oh, they put electricity in my veins. That's all I can say. Because it was a beautiful, they have them in these beautiful old Italian theaters. Uh-huh. Oh, and nice. I did like the Phoenix rising out of the ashes. And it was about rising out of the ashes because we've all gone through so much with this pandemic and yes. everything going on in the world. And it was to empower people to rise out. We all go through challenges in life, but those challenges can become our strengths. 
if we only allow them. And so I had this sparkling Phoebe's costume and wings. And when I started rising up, the audience just, they just went crazy and they were like that through the entire piece. And so, like I said, I felt like the audience gave back to me um, a great gift because by the time I was done, like I said, I felt this energy, this electricity that not, it didn't end. Even thinking about it, I could feel that coming back again. And I believe that's what's the beauty of a live performance. Mm -hmm. Because there is this interaction. And when I see my videos, it's not the same. You know, it's like watching a classical orchestra on your computer versus to being there. Yes. That's you know, because you, it, it, it's organic and live and the energy. And so yeah, I would say that probably is was my favorite and that is because there was this connection and it's something that every artist looks for you want you want to you want to bear your soul mm -hmm. you don't just want to go through moves or have it look like that's a nice trick you want it to be something so much deeper and that's something that I continually work on it is a journey it's not a destination it's a journey of just to keep unfolding I like the thousand petal lotus, right? It keeps unfolding more and yeah. more and more. And I think as you get older, since you've been through so much in your life, by the time you hit 71, it's, it gets easier to bear your soul because you have more of those old soul qualities, <laughs> right? So it gets easier. And, and we kind of have to because we don't, although we do a a fair amount of advanced tricks. We don't do the crazy, crazy advanced tricks. Our bodies won't do it. So we have to go deeper and do something that is more heartfelt mm -hmm. and more artistic. And because the crazy tricks will leave those for the young ones, the full, the back full twists off of the pole, <laughs> right? Yes, but I you mean, know what? Sometimes yeah. the the less crazier tricks are better it's all about how you put those movements together and express oh, I tell you. and some of them are just phenomenal yeah i mean i see these things and i think yeah i love that move but not in this lifetime not right now like i have something i won't do like i don't attempt that the back and forth fondue i'm like no <laughs> yeah. the, yes the thought that's another one and there's the ones that uh, where they do the shoulder mount and they come down and then they do the back flip off the pole. And yes. That's another one. It's a gainer. Now, when I was doing gymnastics, I would have gone for that. But <laughs> not now. <laughs> I don't need it. And besides that, I don't know if that move would choreographically fit into my routine. When I think about it. Like somebody said to me who was really a master at fongies, because I don't care if I do another fongie in my routine. I just can't find a way for my characters to be doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can take something else. You can take something else and the character can kind of express out. Yes. It's mechanical, you see? So there's not a lot of room to, to do something that is unique or creative on it. It's, it's a little bit straightforward, but yes, it's the possibilities are limitless and these these young ones, they keep raising the bar.
Yes. I'm, I'm like, I can't keep up because, you know, I have pole poise. And so I'm always on there looking. At really? And I say, I, I, I can't keep up like all these different tricks. <laughs> I know. And they're just, they're amazing. And there's so many of them that require the kind of flexibility that I don't have anymore in my shoulder or back mm-hmm. I, when I was younger. But as you get older, things kind of, your spine kind of does a little bit of this. And your shoulder, because everybody by the time they hit my age has had some kind of shoulder injury mm-hmm. or something. And you kind of, you get scar tissue and it just, you can't, you can't work the same way. I mean, if right. people that can do it that are in their fifties and sixties, they have, maybe some of them have really good genetics. Maybe they have like super broad shoulders and their, right. their lats are strong enough that they can compensate and do certain things. But um, I, I really respect my shoulders because it's so easy if you don't engage to yes. get tendinosis or tendinitis. I mean, I've been through that. I've been through that. And in fact, um, when I competed in pro Italy, I guess it was two years ago, I had major tendinosis from overtraining. That's what I said I learned. So I was interesting. I could do a deadlift with it, but I hurt. I could not climb. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Different different muscles were recruited. So I think I couldn't run my whole routine until maybe 10 days before I left. I would just have to leave that climbing part out. Right. Everything else. And I really learned. I really learned. So that's why I say, okay, because I was doing my routine maybe five times a day, running the whole thing. And that's, well, I, I wanted to get, I wanted to be strong. Right. I wanted to be strong and I wanted to make sure that I had, I, that I had all the cardiovascular, but I would better mm-hmm. off sitting on the bike and getting it than, than keep running that routine because it, finally my body said, okay, enough. Enough it's, already. <laughs> it started burning. And I go, okay, lesson learned. <laughs> we have to protect uh, our shoulders and how bad. <laughs> I know. Now, my next question is for you. How does your family feel about you pole dancing? My family is, they're fabulous. Yay. My husband is so supportive. <laughs> um, I have a son who is a violinist. At, Oh, nice. Yes. And he puts together the music and sometimes he puts some sound design and some violin on it. But he's been just really supportive too. And my sisters have come a couple of times. They went to Milan with me when I performed. My one went to Singapore. So they are extremely supportive. So my family and, and, and my husband's side of the family too. They're just, they're all very inspirational people. And they're, they're, they really are, um, they, they really have enriched my life more beyond measure, actually, because they have uh, been not only supportive in this, but in everything we do. So I'm really blessed to have a really wonderful, strong family, all of them. I mean, it's, it's so important. Yeah, it's definitely important to have a good support system because a lot of people don't have that. And it, when you have a great support system behind you, whether it's family, strangers, or friends, um, it helps you to go further in life and it gives you more confidence. It, it really does, doesn't it? Because there are times that I thought, oh, like when I went to, to London the first time, my husband says, you've got this, you know, <laughs> you can do this. And I go, 
okay. But it kind of, it, like it takes you over that hump. That, mm -hmm. like, and um, like I said, if the, the people around me just have empowered my life more than they could possibly imagine. And, and the people that write me these lovely emails and say how I have inspired them, I think you don't know how much you have inspired me. Oh. I mean, really, it's to me, it's, it's the people because they, they give me the, the drive and the motivation to keep going. Mm -hmm. I was just about because to say, I say, if this in some way touches the life of somebody else in a positive way, I, I need to keep going because, mm -hmm. well, I almost, I started competing actually. Um, and when was this? Was it? I think I had been in pole for a little over two years. So it must have been 2021, was it? 21 or 22. 2000. See, I have my numbers all wrong. I'm, it's okay. Like this pandemic can have you messing up. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can edit that out. Okay. Yeah, I, I can start, edit it out. I started, I started competing when I was 61. We'll put it that way. I started competing at 61 because the people from American Ninja Warrior had seen my video. And they, they contacted me and said, would you like to come and compete at Venice Beach this week? This is before CrossFit. So they didn't have too many women. Right. Yeah, so they were looking for them. I said, I had never seen the show because I don't watch TV really. I'm too busy working on my art form. So I said, okay. Uh, this sounds interesting. So the girl that ran the pole studio, I said, if you go, I'll go. I said, okay. So we went up there and I saw this huge contraption. If, if somebody has not seen it, you got to check it out. They've got the warp wall that I think is 13 feet. That's the ending that you have to go up. And I looked at this and I got it. This is like way over my head, but this is cool. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And I actually, I actually got farther than most of the women. And I did, you know, I went part of the way. I was totally out of my element though, because I had <laughs> never done things like salmon ladder or yeah, like, so like parkour. <laughs> yeah, it was, I, I had not done the kind of training that you need for this. But anyhow, when that hit the TV, it said, and the oldest person to ever attempt the course, and it was me. And I thought, where is everybody else? <laughs> and then I thought, I have to compete because I need to use the stage as a platform to give visibility to my message. Because mm -hmm. if I just do my thing here and I never get those videos out there, because you know how a viral video can, can connect with so many people these days. Yes. So I thought, okay, I don't have any choice. I have to do this. And so I don't look at it as competition with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I look at it as a championship, a way that everybody comes together and shares their gifts. And for me, my competition is in the mirror. Yes, and we're right. always competing against ourselves to be better than we were the day before I, yesterday. I wanna walk off the stage happy. And if I walk up the stage happy and I feel that connection with the audience, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's, that's what makes it meaningful and that, you know, that really puts um, a feeling in my soul that is really undescribable. I just feel this 
this aura of well-being and something very deep within that, you know, something I want to carry with me my whole life. I keep wanting to manifest more of that. It becomes an elixir, so to speak. And that elixir just drives you to become the best you can become. Mm -hmm. Because you keep tapping into that at some point. It's like a wellspring of a fountain of total inspiration. It's such a powerful connection to have. It is. It everybody has it within them. A lot of people, like you said, it's been buried. Mm-hmm. It's been buried. It's been buried because of things that have happened in their life that they have not overcome and let go of. Or, or maybe they didn't have the, the catalyst around. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need people to catalyze you. Uh, maybe they haven't found that whatever makes their soul sing. They haven't found it yet, but it's there. It's a treasure. It's about unfolding that treasure and finding that treasure. And I believe that my mission to somehow, in some way, be a catalyst for that in other people is probably what drives me to do all this. Because every time I go into the studio, sometimes it's really cold in there, you know. Cold in there is the worst. <laughs> and it's ice cold. I go, oh, like even today, it's going to be cold. I, that's, what, that's what puts the heat in my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Puts the heat, I go, okay, you know. Every time I think that it's cold in there, you know what I think of? I think of my friend. I have a dear friend who's married to an Eskimo, and she, she actually goes to the North Pole in the wintertime. Oh, no. The winter. Oh, no. She's <laughs> amazing. And I tell you what she does. She dances on icebergs. And I said to her once, so what if you fall in? She goes, I jump in. She jumps into the Arctic Ocean. And I said, but how does it feel? She goes, well, for about seven minutes, which to me is an eternity. She stays in it for seven minutes? Seven minutes, longer, longer. For seven minutes, you feel like you're being burnt alive. And then it's ecstatic. And I stay in there for an hour. And I said to her, I, I said, you're a mutation. She says, you don't die of cold. You die of fear. Fear, because when you are afraid, your heart beats so fast, you can't get oxygen and your body naturally passes out. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to try that. <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> suggesting that anybody should. But I'm just saying that in the, the human consciousness and the, the realm that's within us, there are so many, there's, there's this landscape of the soul that has so much to it that we've never explored. Mm-hmm. And she shows me that many things we thought we could never do, some people are doing. So if I could do a little bit more than I thought I could do, I'm moving in the direction of my dreams. That's definitely inspiring to jump in icebergs. Yes. Sit in the water. So when I think about being in the ice cold water, the cold studio doesn't feel so bad. Now. Okay. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing like cold water, freezing cold water to like, I don't, I don't even like cold showers, but I know they're good for you. And every now yeah, and then, neither do I. <laughs> every now and then I think, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, Ona Cavela's into that, jumping into the cold water too. <laughs> oh Ona. my gosh. Yes. She says, all you do is you focus on your breathing. I go, yeah, but I'm freezing. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so... It, it, it teaches you, it teaches you really breathing is so important. It is about breathing. Mm-hmm. 
There's so much that's about the breath. So uh, when I see people do amazing, amazing things, it just keeps me going. It becomes something that um, moves me to, to, to cast my net a little broader. And it's so crazy. Breath is the way of life. Breath gives us life. It's the song by the Florence and the Machines. It's um, called The Breath of Life. Oh, oh my really? gosh. I love that song so much. It's amazing. And it, it just speaks to me. It's such a, um, a theatrical, theatrical type of song. If you Have you listened to it before? No, send it to me, please. I'll do. send it to you as soon as we get off this interview. Like you will fall in love with it. I did a our performance to it, and yeah, life like when we're breathing, life is here. And as soon as your breath is gone away, life is gone. So breathing is so important. It is. It's about it's about breath, and it gets you through stress. Mm -hmm. It gets you through challenges. It's okay, just breathe. It gets you through childbirth. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Every day, so many different forms. <laughs> yes. So, and I try to, when I perform, I really try to focus on my breath. And I worked with a uh, with an artist once who was kind of fine-tuning my choreography. She goes, it's great, but you're not breathing enough. You're, you're holding your breath. She said, so this time when you do it, I want to hear you breathing. <laughs> so it was like, <sighs> so the whole time I made it a little more vocal so she could hear mm -hmm. it and at the end I go oh this is interesting I'm not tired she goes duh <laughs> you were breathing man <laughs> so, so in other words when I was holding my breath before it was actually taking away some of the the energy and some of the flow and so you get tired much faster but when I did that when I consciously allowed the breath to keep going I found out I had so much energy I didn't get tired uh, the glucose came back into my muscles faster because, you know, after a move, there's that few seconds that your body has to rejuvenate itself. Yes. The next move. And uh, yeah, so, so since then, I've really tried to focus on it. I still catch mm -hmm. myself, particularly like in the air, flag our next kind of moves, you kind of, everything is so engaged, you tend to want to hold it, you know, maybe for a second, but I still try to breathe as best as I can going in and out. I really am. I'm working on that one. But that that too is a journey. There's lots of journeys. It is definitely. <laughs> and I think a lot of us have that bad habit with holding our breaths when we don't certain moves until someone points it out. We don't realize that we're doing like I'm breathing, right? And then oh, someone yeah. else, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I can tell because I look at the videos of my face is red. I go, why is, I know that yes. I'm kind of upside down, but why is my face that red? Right? Yes. <laughs> Be like, I get to move better when I don't hold when I, I hold my breath. <laughs> but that's not necessarily true. <laughs> now, what piece of advice would you give to a beginner pole dancer? I believe when you first start out, you just have to find what works for you. Mm -hmm. You have to find what feeds your soul and if for some people if it's being feminine and beautiful try dancing with scars yeah. try doing things that are lyrical and beautiful if you're more into the um just for fitness find some fun ways of maybe attaching 
Oh, they have those those straps they attach. It's like yes. elastic budgie sort of try doing fun things with it. Um, if you like the tricks, then pursue those tricks and find music that uplifts your spirit. Find mm -hmm. music that says something to you. Because I tell people when you're on the pole, the whole idea is to say something. Mm -hmm. You know, it becomes so much more meaningful if you go up to that pole instead of me just going, okay, I'm going to do a move, right? It's not so interesting. But if I come up to the pole and I go, like, can I do this? I don't know if I'm going to find the powers. You know, this is the contraction, which is the, you always have to have challenges. Right. And victory and stuff, which I don't know if I can do this. Yes, I have found the power. And then you do it. See, now it becomes interesting because you go, oh, she got to do, you know, it's just not, look at this. You know, it's mm -hmm. not interesting. So I've learned victory and suffering throughout my piece. And the same thing about even if you do something beautiful, it's not so interesting to be doing this. But if you go here, and then yes. back in again, and then you bring it back out again, it's much more interesting because you have that contrast. Like in classical music, they have crescendos. They have things where they go down and it's slow and then they build it and they ramp it up. That's the kind of thing you have to do on the pole. So I recommend to people to whatever they do to do this um, because you will start finding that you'll start flowing and the music will uplift you. And pretty soon you won't even realize that you are working out. You're not yes, you will know. It's like a child on a playground. They don't think I'm getting in shape when they're on the, on the bars, whatever, or on the jungle gym. <laughs> I just think I'm having fun. And it kind of pull is kind of like that. Yes, it is. I mean, you just go in there and have fun and work on things. And so I I tell people starting out, don't if you think it's hard, give it a month. Keep going, keep trying. Like I said, celebrate every little big victory that you have. And every little one is going to build on another. Yes. No matter how small it is, even if you still can't nail that move, maybe you're getting a little bit more comfortable going into it. Maybe you're feeling, starting to feel the flow, even though you can't lift into the handspring yet. Yeah. Deadlifts took me three years. They took me three years to develop the strength and the technique to do it. Mm -hmm. They were not easy for me, but I just kept going. And yet a Russian which is probably most people would think it's as hard or maybe even slightly harder. I learned that immediately. Wow. The Russian split. Yeah, that was that. I, she showed it to me as soon as I went over the mental part to drop into it. I had that in, you know, a week or two, but the other one was three years, but, but I wanted that deadlift. And what I learned is part of it was strength, but part of it was technique, mm -hmm. you know, Part of it was just learning on that move to turn towards the ceiling. Yes. To turn. That was a big one in getting into that, getting into that, rotating your hips up, mm -hmm. getting into a crunch. That made a huge difference. And everybody has a different way. Like for me, my hip flexors are not good because of uh, the, all the issues with my hips. So right. you get into an arch, it's very difficult for me. I mean, that is... I. Those legs do not want to lift up, but you go sideways. Now you're recruiting different muscles. I can lift up. So you have to find what your body will do. There's mm -hmm. different, 
there's different ways, different approaches of going into things. Some people go into it a little more straightforward. Some go into it like a cartwheel. Some of them, some of them like to go into it and immediately go into a tuck, which gives you a little bit more momentum. You just have to play with it and you find out I, in my workshops, I teach people the easiest way to do it for them. You, let's start finding the easiest way and then build on it. If a tuck is easiest, we'll do it. Later, you can learn mm -hmm. to build straight legs. But if you start out with straight legs, for most people, that's going to be hard unless you have very strong hip flexors. And some people do. But that, that was not my thing. So I have to rely a lot on my upper body. You know, that's what I do. And you have to know, like, yeah, you have to work on what works for you and don't compare yourself to anyone else. And I know it's hard in the beginning because, you know, we're learning, but you have to sometimes modify things to work for you and how your body works because everybody's body is different. And that's absolutely right. And, and that's what makes it so, um, so individualized. Uh -huh. Each person brings something unique to it. Each person brings their, their own life experiences into the dance and their personality and the gifts that they have. And that's what makes it so beautiful because you could keep expanding what you do, mm -hmm. you keep growing in so many different ways. Uh, you just have to keep going. So I tell new people that the biggest issue with most people is if something's too hard, they quit. They think it's really hard and they quit and everything is hard at first. Look at riding a bicycle. The first time you tried it, you're right. Yes. You probably fail a couple of times. And then once, once you've done it, you can do it the rest of your life and jump on it. No problem. So it's kind of like that because part of it is just learning about momentum, learning about grip, climbing, learning to squeeze enough with those knees. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, there's just little tiny things that once you understand the biomechanics and the physics of it, it becomes much easier. And that's something that, you know, you kind of have to learn, but it, it can happen very quickly. It can. So don't give up. No. Don't give up. Love it. Now, my last question for you is, how should others embrace getting older? I think age is just a number. Yes. I do. And I, I believe that they should look at life as a journey, as a continuum, and not let it keep them from doing what they feel is their passion in their heart. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't hold them back from anything. Sometimes you have to adjust things. There's some things maybe they would want to do that as your body ages, you know, the road turns left, you turn left. Like I can't tumble like I used to, but there's other things I can do that are acrobatic and use some of the same kind of muscle groups that are just as fun. So mm -hmm. I think people have to uh, allow themselves to explore things and to try new things and to challenge themselves because I've seen so many people, women particularly, they get in their 30s or 40s, they have a baby, they get extremely happy and they go, well, I had a baby. I'm older now. I go, no, you're young. I'm twice your age, right? Say, no, don't give up. You know, this. you're just at the most beautiful part of your life. You're just starting, really, where you can 
do whatever you want. The world's your oyster. Yeah. So don't give up because I know I hurt my shoulder when I was 59. And uh, I was doing extreme gymnastics. I went back to gymnastics and I was doing extreme gymnastics. And I stalled on a, on a back tack and hit my and landed in a way where my shoulders hurt. And it hurt a lot for about six months. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I thought at 59, I go, okay. Actually, I said 59. That was 55. It was 55 that happened. I said, okay, I'm done. I'm older. I'm too old for this. And then at 59, four years later, is when my sisters got the osteopenia. And then I realized at 55, I had said I'm too old. You know, and now at 50, at 59, I have no choice. I need to do this for my longevity. Bones, mm-hmm. skeletons, system is very important. And I realized at that point that at 55, I had really closed a lot of doors that now I am finding doorways by once talking over the walls. And I'm walking through those doors. And that's it. Everybody sees walls at some point. Yes. But if you look, there's a doorway. And if you, if you allow yourself, you can walk through that doorway and realize that the universe awaits you. Mm-hmm. With what I'm doing, the whole new world opened for me. I mean, I have traveled. I have traveled a number of times to Australia and New Zealand and um, Singapore, Hong Kong and, and Europe and went to Rio de Janeiro. I mean, all these places mm-hmm. I've gone to compete that... I don't know, as much as I love to travel, I don't know if I would have gone there just to go, but I had a purpose. And that purpose drove me to go there and to do something and to bring something to that. And at the same time, um, enriched my life with a new culture. Mm -hmm. You know, I love seeing different cultures and different people and, and the history and the art. So it allowed me the opportunity to do that. I was in Italy in November and December this year, and I'm going back in May. So that's three times within six months. Yes, that is amazing. And you don't hear people doing that often at all. And it's so great that you're experiencing different cultures because it helps to activate your brain. And, you know, we need to keep our brain active. So, you know, certain plaque buildups won't happen. And just it's so important experience new languages, new things, new um, new new rich foods that help the diet, um, helps the body, and what you're doing is just so amazing. Yeah, I think I encourage everybody to try to expand their cultural horizons because it it is just it's been amazing to me. I mean, I know I love Turkey. That's another place, and I haven't been to Turkey probably. I don't even know how many times I've been, six times maybe in the last few years. And I just found it fascinating because it's where Europe and Asia meet. They meet there and the culture there in the, in the, the markets they have there and the things that they have, and it's just like another world. Uh-huh. You know, people, there's other places I'd like to go that I haven't, but there doesn't seem to be pull some of them like Marrakesh maybe but um yeah I just it has it has allowed me to go into places like when I went to uh, another world championship two years ago it was in Ireland and it was in Belfast and I got to see 
first of all, went through all the, what happened with the Titanic and which is actually, I didn't know I'd be that fascinated by it, but I actually was once I got there and saw it and saw how they put this together. It was, it, it really was more interesting than I thought. And then seeing where they had, you know, the, the Liberation Army, you know, Belfast, they had a lot of, uh, they had like a war, but within the country, which was very sad between that. Mm -hmm. and, and you saw that area and it kind of it made you realize how important peace is, you know, and it realized how important it is for people to, to have tolerance of each other and tolerance of different ideas and different cultures and, it's it was all because of lack of tolerance mm -hmm. people the same freedom that you want right everybody wants to be able to live their dream everybody wants to be able to unfold their gifts we have to allow other people to do the same and they may think very differently but it doesn't matter because there's many masks there's many different faces to, to god so to speak or to whatever yeah. spirit you know there's many different masks but there's one spirit between all of us and it's all one and when you start seeing that and allowing that, you become much more tolerant of other people that have even very different ideas. And you want to understand why they think that way and learn and grow. And I feel that the travel has really opened a lot of those doors for me. Because, I love that you said that. It's yes. so important because a lot of people... We force people to be the way we want them to be. And we all have a different name for a certain reason. We might not agree with everything someone decides to do or, you know, what they believe in, but you have to respect that and learn why it makes you a better person. You have to broaden your horizon. And I think traveling definitely helps with that. Yeah, it does. It really does. And you just have to you have to open your hearts and your minds to see the way they see things. And, and I am completely tolerant, you know, and I think I'm, well, today there's, there's not enough of that tolerance in the world. You know, people ghost each other for not having the same ideas and the same opinions. And I think that's part of the beauty of the diversity. Not everybody's going to like the same thing or think the same way. And even if you, are totally it's a total dialectic and you think totally opposite that's part of the, the yin and the yang it's part of the beauty yes if we all thought the same it wouldn't be interesting would it no it wouldn't no, be just, really it's so and, and that's what's beautiful when you see pole and you see such a diversity in the things that they do and and how they the dance i mean some people are very balletic background some of them are almost more like hip-hop street where yeah. they know how to do all these unique things with their body and and all kinds of acrobatic flips uh-huh you know some people are very bendy and they're contortionist almost you see the yes. body in ways you didn't know the body could move and, and they're just all you know beautiful it's all piece of the art form and it teaches you in life life is like that People come from different vantage points, mm -hmm. experiences, and um, the diversity can be a strength if everybody accepts each other. The only time it's not a strength when you see it as opposition or different. Mm -hmm. It is unity. It's part of the beautiful plan of all this unity that it 
that it's art. It's beautiful. It's different art forms. You know, they're all they all have their beauty music, all different kinds of music. Yes. And people are the same way. And traveling has done that and seeing that I see in in the polo art world, which it allows a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things not so much like gymnastics, not so much. You know, the most diversity you can get is maybe using some unique music and maybe doing a little dance that's a little different. You know, maybe a moonwalk or something. Uh-huh. And that's all similarity. But the pole, I mean, I've done like the pole where I started out on on silk, starting out in a hammock, like oh, wow. a silk where I was, well, I started out being born. Uh-huh. So I was coming out of the room, and that's what it represented. And then another time I had this fabric on me and I was chrysalis coming out, you know, a butterfly emerging, coming out of that. And so I had to go online and say, what does a butterfly look like when it comes out of the cocoon? How does it, you know, how does it move? You know, does it, how does it get itself out? So I had to watch these butterflies online, you know, in fast motion and like they would speed it up. So you could see, and then I had to try, I tried to capture that essence. I love that. So I tried to do that. And the same thing about when I was came out of the womb being born, it was it was um, like seeing this world. You know, I had to go back to that moment. What's it like that first moment that you take that breath? You know, you have to like try to do some method acting, even though you really can't remember it. There's somewhere within your muscle memory, it's there, right? It's somewhere, right? It's there. It's just, you know, it's just buried. So you think, okay, I'm going to watch babies come out. And I wanted to be somebody that was born that was peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they want you to cry. We don't want that. <laughs> that wasn't happening in my courthouse. I wanted to come out with magic and wonder, like, oh, where am I? This is, a, this is a, an amazing universe. And you kind of have to rekindle that wonder and that magic that children have. You know how when they see things for the first time, they're yes. like, they, right? They get so excited to ask, okay, it becomes commonplace because we're used to it. So I had to kind of bring that wonder and magic back into my piece and into my piece. And so, and that's beautiful because that makes you explore other dimensions of the human existence. You know, what does it feel like to be born? What does it feel like? And then you start becoming more more compassionate mm-hmm. to other people. And you have such great gratitude for this, this miraculous life that we're all in. I mean, we, we all have so much to be grateful for, particularly in this country. Yes. Because you know, even though we fought our issues and et cetera, mm-hmm. why do so many people want to come here? It mm-hmm. is, we should all be grateful for, where, for wherever we are because there's, there's, there's a spirit here. There is a spirit that gives us maybe not all the freedoms a lot of us would like, but it gives us a level of freedom, a level of becoming the best that we want to become. And anybody in this country who does works hard and goes after their dreams can do something with their lives. It doesn't have to be like what I'm doing in Poe. It might be another art form. It might be something athletic. It might be an entrepreneurial thing. You know, something. Mm-hmm. Find it, find it, excavate, bury, pull it out of the graveyard, as you said. The rebirth, <laughs> butterfly, metamorphosis. Yes, allow it to be, right? Yes, it's like a, a rebirth of light. And it's consciousness. Uh-huh. And, and I truly believe that 
if people allow themselves, if they only allow themselves, they would see the, the endless possibilities of what they can do with them with their lives. It's endless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it's really amazing what they can do. Just like my girl that dives into the Arctic Ocean. And she, she said, she's a nomad. She's an adventurer. And in the summertime, she's in New York City. Now, if those are diametrically opposed. Yes. And she's from Moscow originally. Her son's in New York City, so she's there. But right. She goes to the probably one of the coldest places on the earth. Coldest place on earth in the winter. And you know what? This is what they say. This is how she thinks. This is what that dimension. And I love sharing this with people because most people don't. I've never met anybody like her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people won't probably. I, she says, "Why go to the North Pole in the winter every winter?" She said, "The crystalline dimension, the peace, the earth." Mm-hmm. And I'm in love with icebergs. They say, she said, why icebergs? She did a whole book about icebergs. And they said, why icebergs? She said, because they're ancient. The water in this iceberg is ancient. It was like, some of it's millions of years old. Mm. And there's something about every snowflake is different. Everyone is like a perfect crystal. And there's something about that dimension that is so pure and so serene that she said she gets into like it's like she's one with the Royal Borealis, you know, the northern lights. And yes, she said oh, the northern lights are so beautiful. Yeah, she says, I'm one with all of that. She says it comes in with all this. She says it's like another world. I bet. It's another world that most people will never get the opportunity to experience because mm-hmm. most people aren't gonna go to the North Pole, let alone the wintertime. Right? Right? <laughs> no. right. So she shares that and I vicariously. Vicariously, I have feel that and when she writes these beautiful messages to me, she's like, she's so cosmic. It's made her very cosmic. It's made her connect with the light of the universe. Mm. The light, like when the light comes over the horizon, you know, to see that person, all this crystal, there's something magical. And everything she does is... It's ethereal, it's serene, it's, it's such, she has such peace in her heart, such great joy just emanates from her. Her aura is, when she walks in a room, it contains the room, right? And she's always doing things for the indigenous people there, and she talks about things that they do for the planet and the universe, and it's, it's just heartwarming to find people like that, and that is somebody that I met mm-hmm. what I'm doing because I I got um, picked up for a coffee table book. It's in Russian. Oh and it is 60 amazing people over 60. And somehow I got in this book. I think I'm the least amazing person, but I got oh, in there. Oh, no, you are amazing. Don't say that. If I showed you this book, you'd say, but anyhow, so we, we both were, I was given a seminar and in Europe and it was all in Russian, the seminar. And she was there and she was taking pictures of me. And she wrote this beautiful note when she sent these pictures to me and we got to communicate. And she said, when I watched you spin with such freedom around the pole, I felt like I was one with the cosmos and looking at the Northern lights. Because the eyes, as you fly, you know, the move that I was doing was, you know, the one where you, 
go sideways around the pole. Yeah. Like you're walking in the air. And it's almost like you're flying. Mm-hmm. And it gave her, watching me gave her a sense of euphoria that took her back into that moment. And she said, she said it triggered that. So she has all, every wonderful piece of art or experiences trigger this feeling that she gets by going to the North, the North Pole in winter. I mean, that has, she said, it kind of changes every cell in your body. It changes you in a way where you never see the world quite the same anymore. You know, your whole world kind of, you see it through a different lens. I bet you do, because it's like, it's a place that people rarely experience and the civilization is a lot different than a normal civilization where, where we all live. I know, it's so it's, it's meeting those kinds of people and the kinds of people that were there. I mean, there was somebody who ran a marathon in his nineties. Wow. Yeah. And there, and people doing all, just all kinds of amazing things, skydiving in the eighties, um, professional ice skating or not, not professional in the sense, right, but, but, ice still, but still doing it for some shows where they made some money. It wasn't like shows on ice and she was probably in her, 70s at that time or maybe 80 I mean just amazing it's just amazing there's a gymnast who's now in their early 90s who still does some basic gymnastics nothing super hard but most people can't do anything at that age and so she's amazing what she can do I need to interview everyone in that book (laughs) so yeah and it's about it's about this thick it's all in Russian so I don't know what well, I teach at a Russian facility so I can get somebody to translate it for me. I know how to say hi, bye, how you doing in Russian. That's about it. And tell you I'm done with you. But <laughs> I can get one of them to translate it. But yes, I would say that I would say that um, that that was another thing because that book got out, there was a lot of um, publicity about around the book. Like I was on Australia television, they came and they wanted to to tell. They wanted me to say something on it. I did it from LA, though. They yeah. wanted me to be on Australia television and talk about what I'm doing and a few other things that kind of started giving visibility. And that's that's it all kind of snowed, snowballed, so to speak. You know, and I think that was right before I started competing too. So it all kind of my mission just started going into play. I it became life consuming. I mean, it. You know, I never thought in my 20s that I would ever exactly be doing this, but I did I did a lot of dancing like in my 20s and 30s where we danced in New York and we did choreography and did things. So I kind of knew my life that I wanted to, to continue to do what I was doing in some way to touch people through it, but I, I didn't even know what a pole was. I didn't even see a pole until probably until I saw those videos. And people said, well, didn't you ever see a stripper pole? I said, not really, because I don't watch TV. Like you might've seen it in a movie or something. Right. And I, and I never went into one of those clubs with a stripper pole. So. And I, I think they came around the eighties, but it really didn't start with that stripper pole. People think that it did, but it actually really started. Um, I think it was India, I think. It was, it started, it started somewhere where they trained their wrestlers by using poles and doing acrobatics on. So it was quite a few hundred years before that. And then 
I guess in the 80s, it became popular in the clubs because it became a, a prop that you could do things with. And then people that were really good at that started getting into the pole world. So they started saying, you know, I, I can teach workshops. I can do things with my art form. Right. And they kind of got out of that and made it into another one and started competing in the world stage. And, you know, some of them have gone to Circus de Soleil. So it's, um, it's truly is something for everybody. It's a great art form. There, it really is. And it's, it is, it is a lot of fun. As you know, how often do you train? So I try to at least train twice a week in between my work schedule because I, I'm working with older adults doing exercise and fitness and helping caregivers navigate through the journey of caring for aging adults. And then along with making a pole grip and making sure that gets shipped out. So I make sure I at least train twice a week. And then I do like yoga in between to keep up my flexibility and endurance. See, that's wonderful. That's, that's, a, perfect, <laughs> that's a perfect balance. It has, yeah. to be a balance. it has to be a balance between days, like days that I work heavy on strength. And the next day I do practice more of the flexibility. And I do practice more of the yoga and things that, you know, okay, so you've got to renew some of those muscles, have to rejuvenate, and then we're going to use other muscles. And we're just going to stretch and breathe and do the asanas. Yes. Yes, it's so important to like to have that breathing technique. And me, the one that teaches yoga, and I'd be like, oh, why am I holding my breath? My friend, like, Misha, you need to breathe when you're doing this routine. I was like, yeah, I should know that, right? I'm teaching other right? people. You have to breathe while you're exercising. <laughs> So funny. But now I want you to tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Um, if they have any questions to ask you, any information that you would like to give to the audience. I love hearing from people. And I really try to answer every single email that I get. If something happens that I don't try another place, because sometimes in like an Instagram, it, there's this hidden folder. That you yes. have to prove the people. And so I go, oh my gosh, somebody contacted me a month ago and I didn't see this. So everything's all, I mean, everything is out there. Like if you go to my website, it shows my e real email address, et cetera. So if I don't, please find me. But on social media, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, my website, uh, it's Greta Pontarelli. So Facebook, dot com forward slash Greta G R E T A Pontarelli P as in Paul O N as in Nancy T as in Tom A R E L L I and I have a handle on Instagram it's Ariel Zen A E R I A L Zen Z E N because when I first started doing it it was really about doing something that was life enhancing mm -hmm. and so it was Ariel and it gave me that inner kind of zen kind of peace like I felt like doing it when I would leave I felt like I'd just been to a spa yes you know because <laughs> like I said the endorphins are going you feel you have this feeling of well-being this centripetal force of going around the pole you know you get that kind of feeling that is euphoria uh-huh yes so, so it's more than just working out there's a euphoric element to it too from mm -hmm. all this 
So I got, this is very Zen, like, so, okay, Ariel Zen. So that's my handle there. Um, and I do love hearing from people. They send me videos, they ask me questions. Um, I do workshops, I do travel a bit to different places. Um, some people want me to come to their towns to do workshops and I'm open to doing that out other, I do a lot of them actually. Nice. Oh, well, thank you so much for this lovely interview. And I appreciate you for taking out time. For yes, and I do. Oh, it's, it was wonderful doing this. And thank you so much. And I hope you cut it down because we talk about a lot of different things. Well, right? yeah, I'll cut it down. Yeah, because it's really, we kind of got into a lot of things that were, you were interested, you catalyzed a lot of other things in me that were just really interesting. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a, I am definitely have time to cut it down since I'm not launching it to April. So yeah, I'll definitely cut it down. What I need you to do for me is to send me, um, any uh, within a week from now or whenever you get time, send me uh, your favorite picture you pole dancing. A okay. picture of you, um, the picture of you from the Steve Harvey show, because I'm adding like some clips in between the video. Um, and uh, a video, huh? You can grab some of that stuff online, right? Oh, yeah, I could grab that online. Yeah. But just send me a picture of your I'll favorite, send you a picture. Uh, I sent you a very short bio. Okay. And and if you could see, if you could show me what you're going to publish before you do, just to make yeah. sure, because I tell you what, they did, there's something that they're releasing in the next month or two. Some people from London came and had a photographer come and they sent it to me. And there was something that I said that was wrong. They said, Does, is there anybody in your category in the, as, as being in your 70s? I said, no, there's nobody in your 60s. And I was right. wrong. There was one person. So I said, you got to take.